0: Well, thanks again for being with us this morning. And I'm excited to start this new series. It's simply titled One. And we're going to be talking for the next four weeks about this topic that's found in Scripture of unity, of how we as a church, as part of the church global, as part of the church local, are called to be united in Christ, that we are to be one minded, that we're to be in one accord, that as we serve together, as we worship together, that we should have one focus, and that focus should be centered around the person and the work of Jesus. And uh, there's a lot, a lot that I want to say on this topic. But today, what I've decided to do is I want to just give us a foundation, kind of a framework that we can move forward on um, in the next couple of weeks as we progress through this issue of unity. Um, I'm going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have a Bible, would love for you to turn there. Um, always remember that there's a smartphone called you, a smartphone app called UVersion, Y-O-U-Version. Y-O-U version. So if you have a smartphone, you can get the Bible on your phone and have it with you. First Corinthians chapter 12 and it'll be on the screen as well if you don't have access to a Bible. Um, Now, as a church, we're a little over three years old, and uh, we have some history to us, and we have lots of vision and places that we want to go, and I'm persuaded that there is no way that we'll ever get to where God wants us to be unless we're united. Uh, That traditionally, there is a mindset that uh, church... Uh, has different approaches and different styles and those different approaches and different styles sometimes divide people and it's easy for us to get into a mode of choosing churches based on certain things that have divided churches but I want us for the next few weeks just to focus on Synergy Church. Okay, So let's not, let's not get into um, this is what churches do right and this is what churches do wrong. And let's not say that the way we are trying to do things that God's called us to do is correct and people who aren't doing it that way are not doing it the right way. That's not the purpose of this series. This series is for us as a church, as a local church who belong to one another, to focus on ourselves and to learn together how we can move forward united as one so that we can see God do incredible, incredible things. I always come back to the very thing that unites us as a church is our mission. And uh, lots of things can unite us, but for us at Synergy, it's it's not a style that unites us, it's not a dress code that unites us, it's not a, a meeting place or a lack of a meeting place that unites us, it's a mission. And it's a mission that is derived from Jesus' final words to his disciples in Matthew chapter 28 when... Um, before he ascended, he spoke to his disciples and he gave them the great commandment to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that he has commanded. And he promises that surely he'll be with us to the very end of the age. And we as a church, uh, as I believe all churches, have a mission that's been set by God and not by ourselves. That he has called the 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 people who follow Jesus belong to the church, a gathering of people who believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and have chosen to surrender their lives to Him. We have a mission, and that mission is, is not to get together and simply build one another up. It's not to get together and simply encourage one another. Those those though those are parts of what the church is designed to do, but ultimately we have a mission, and it's to go out into this world and to reach people with the hope of the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ. And, and we, because we want to be so focused on that and never forget that that's why we're designed as a church, have chosen a statement that we call our mission statement that says, we as a church exist to make Christ known in the lives of people far from God. And that's what unites us. That's the thing that we all have in common as we seek to do life together at Synergy Church is that we are committed to people who are not in the room. We're committed to an understanding that's based on the compassion that Jesus has for people who are lost, that there are people in this world that if they should die today would spend an eternity separated from the love of a God that offers hope for their life and we want them to find that hope. We don't want them to die a death in vain and having seen opportunities for us to reach people go by. I never want to be a church that becomes so focused on ourselves that we forget why we exist. That's why we chose such aggressive language when we chose our mission statement to make Christ known in the lives of people far from God. You know, I've heard a few people say, well, what about people who aren't far from God? Don't we care about them? Like, don't we want people in our church who love Jesus and who have followed him for years? Don't we care about them? And the answer to that question is absolutely, absolutely. And our goal is not simply to reach people far from God, but to have people who also participate in that mission. And I think that maturity as a Christian comes when we begin to participate in the mission for which God set for the church from the very beginning. And that's to go and make disciples. And as we make disciples, we teach them to go and make disciples. And as we make Christ known in the lives of people far from God, we teach them to go and make Christ known in the lives of people far from God. And if we can stay focused on that, I believe that that is something worth uniting together that we could see God do some incredible things in the life of our church and so I want us for the next few moments to understand the design of the church a man named Paul who was a great leader in the early church he started churches. He wrote letters to churches that he started to encourage them, to teach them, uh, to um, discipline them from time to time and tell them things they were doing wrong. He wrote a letter to a church in Corinth. This is the first letter that he wrote in 1 Corinthians, where we're going to be. And um, he basically is giving an illustration of what the body of Christ is, what the church is, what the um, the, the anatomy of what we are looks like. He gives us an example that... Um, It just makes it so clear for us to understand who we are as a church. This is 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. I'm going to start reading in verse number 12. Paul says to the church in Corinth, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, and so it is with Christ. So he's going to use the analogy of a physical body to illustrate the anatomy of the church. And specifically, we need to be reminded that he's writing this to a local church. So this is intended for all churches to learn from, but he's speaking to one particular church. And so I would think that it's safe for us to say that we could speak in the language of him writing this for Synergy Church, that at Synergy Church, we are one body, but we have many parts. There are many different people here who have many different backgrounds and different histories with the church. But the thing that unites us is that we belong to the same church. We call Synergy Home. Now, if you're a guest, if you're visiting with us today and you're like, Whoa, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up to be a part of Synergy Church. I'm just here checking things out. Then I give you permission to check things out. And you're going to hear some things today that hopefully will be helpful to help you understand who we are. But please don't feel as if you're being trapped By anything I'm saying today. I just wanted to throw that out in case we have any guests with us today who may be not so interested in getting involved just yet. Verse number 13: For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we were all given one Spirit to drink. So Jesus Christ and his Spirit is the very essence of who we are. Um, I like to say that in the body, that Jesus is the heartbeat. He is what makes the body work. He is the very core and fiber of the church. The church exists for him. It exists through him. It is Jesus Christ that designed the church and put the church into motion and started this movement that's not simply a gathering of people on a particular day of the week. It's a group of people who belong together as a unit, which he's illustrating as a body. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Verse number 14. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So even though we're united as one body, we have to recognize that there's diversity among the body, that the body isn't simply one part, but it's many parts, even though it's one body. Verse number 15, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. We understand that, right? That if our foot, if we recognize that our foot is not our hand, it doesn't mean that the foot isn't part of the body. The foot and the hand are different, but they're part of the same body. They're diverse, yet they're unified. Verse number 16 And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. It's important for us to understand this principle that Paul is teaching the church at Corinth, that he is teaching us at Synergy, that we are united as a body of believers, as a body of Christ, as a people who have a common goal and mission together as we live life together. But we're not all the same, that there's diversity among us, but we're still united in the midst of that diversity. Just because a hand isn't a foot doesn't mean that it's not part of the body. And just because an ear is not an eye doesn't mean it's not part of the body. And I think so many times we get caught up in seeing parts of the body that play certain roles. And we think because we don't play certain roles in the body, then we aren't part of the body. And that's just not true. You need to know that if you're here today, let's just get on the same page. If you're here today and you claim to follow Jesus... You've had a, a, an experience in your life by which Jesus Christ has become the Lord of your life, meaning you've surrendered your life to him by faith. You've trusted him for what we call salvation, which means that he's rescued us from a life of death and brought us to life. Like we talked about at Easter last week, when Jesus conquered death, he made available for us a way to conquer death. If that's you, you've chosen to follow Christ. You call yourself a Christian. You are part of the body of Jesus. You're part of the body. We're united. We're together in this thing. There is no reason for you to feel as if you are not connected to the body because you don't look like or act like certain people in the body who play certain roles in the body. Let's keep moving. Verse number 21, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you you ever notice that there's a tendency in the church? Maybe you've felt that tendency here in our church to feel as if certain parts of the body or certain roles in the church aren't as important as others. Particularly, I think a lot of people think that what's seen on a stage on Sunday mornings is important in the church and what's not seen on the stage isn't as important in the church. And I want you to know, as someone who is on the stage from time to time at our church, that the stage doesn't promote you to being an honored part of the body that's more important than others. It just means that you're a part of the body that's seen more than other parts of the body. And it's important for us to make sure that there's not a culture in our church that promotes certain positions or certain roles as more important than others, because the truth is, we're all part of the same body. Now, I want you to notice something about me this morning. In my six-foot-four frame of a body, you only see a very few parts of my body. You see parts of my arms, you see my hands, you see my head and my neck, and I guess because I'm wearing jeans that have holes in them, you see part of my leg. Okay. Outside of that, you're not seeing any of my body. doesn't mean that the rest of me isn't there. It just means that it's not seen That's a good thing for some of you teenagers to understand that it's okay for parts of bodies not to be seen. I don't know where that came from. I guess my history in student ministry just made that come out. But parts of my body aren't seen. It doesn't mean that they're not important. I have organs inside of me that are more critical than the skin on my arms. I have organs inside of me that if they were not a part of my body, I would cease to exist in a moment. And just because you don't see those parts of my body don't mean that they aren't important. And likewise, our church has people who do things, who function in roles that people will never see. That to the eye, to a guest coming in on a Sunday morning, you may look on a stage and you may see some hands and you may see a head, but there are parts to the body that are more important than the hands and the head, some would argue, that are never seen. And I want you to know that if you're here this morning and you're in a role in this church, you serve in a role in this church where you're not seen much, it doesn't mean you're not important. It doesn't mean that what you offer isn't life-giving. It doesn't mean that you are a second-rate person in this church. It simply means that we all play different roles. We all have different things that we do. We don't all do the same things and thank the Lord because if all of us were noses, we would not be able to see. If all of us were ears, we wouldn't be able to taste that we need one another to create a healthy church. He goes on to say, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. We need them. We can't do without them. They may seem weaker. They may not seem as important, but the truth is we got to have them. And the parts we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. With it, I have had from time to time people come to me, and maybe they'll have a conversation after church, or maybe they'll um, ask for an appointment or a time to meet with me. Maybe we'll grab lunch, or we'll go grab coffee together, and they'll share with me their heart to be involved at Synergy Church. And I'll I'll say, man, I love that God is calling you to be part of what we're doing. And typically, the people who come to me with this type of request, I kind of always know in the background uh, that there's something that they're wanting in the midst of that. And so they'll begin to share, you know, maybe I play an instrument or maybe I've got history with teaching or preaching, or maybe I have history and I can offer something that is seen on Sundays. But the truth is, is they've never really done anything in the weeks or the months that they've been attending up until that point. But now suddenly they feel compelled to be part of what we're doing And I love it. I love when God calls people to a new level and and they get involved and they participate in the mission. But I find it interesting that in almost all of the conversations that I've had with people... If I've ever mentioned, I love that you have a heart for that. Um, can I be honest with you right now? We don't really have a need for, per se, maybe, I don't know, a guitar player. But what we really need is we need people to come at 6 in the morning, which uh, now that we've moved back to one worship experience, just so you know, is 7 in the morning. Some of you, I know you're excited about that. and You're like, oh, I'm in now. I'm on the road crew. I will be here next week. 7 o'clock is better than 6 o'clock. And I'll mention, you know, You've got a chance to come, and we have a lot of work that we do every week, just so that we can meet as a church. And they'll say, "You know, that, that's great, that's great, It's great." But you know, I've been playing guitar for so long, and I played at this church, and I've done that. And I'll say, "Man, it's awesome! That's really great." Uh, again, like we don't need a guitar player. What we need, like, we need people who are willing to open doors for people and just say, "Welcome to Synergy Church," and put a smile on their face. And and I'll mention some things that we need right now. Um, and I find it interesting that. In a lot of the circumstances that I've met with these people, they don't come back to our church. Do you find that? I don't know if you find that interesting. I find that interesting. That people would attend our church for a period of time and then they would feel like they wanted to get involved and they would meet with me and share their heart. And, and if there weren't an opportunity for them to be, I don't know, maybe a head or an arm or a hand or something that's seen, then they decided they didn't want to be part of the body anymore. And I need us as a church to embrace this mentality that what is seen is not the only thing that's worth doing. It's not the most important thing. Now, some of you have incredible voices and you sing like angels and there's place for you to sing. And some of you could preach circles around me and there's opportunities for you to do that. And some of you are more knowledgeable than me. And maybe I could meet with you and you could teach me from your wisdom. Uh, But the truth is we have a lot of things that aren't seen on Sunday mornings that, that, are opportunities to be the body of Christ and to serve and to do what God's called us to do as a church that we need. In fact, they're almost more important than what's on stage. I don't mean to downplay the importance of what happens on a stage, but if we didn't have a group of people show up this morning and, and put up everything that you see... You may not be focused on me right now because the lights would be humming and there would be basketball goals on the sides and you would be distracted by the environment. And so we have people who love God enough to participate in what we're doing so that we can make Christ known in the lives of people far from God. Now, from time to time in my various church experiences, I've been in... And I've been in church since I was seven years old and love the church and always through the church, but I've seen people who have been treated as if they're not important. And my prayer is that that never happens at this church. That whether you change a diaper in a children's environment or you lead a small group in an elementary environment or you set up pipe and drape or you put a smile on people's face out in a parking lot or you're part of a security team that makes sure that people don't come in and shoot us all up, you're important. You're not less important because you're not seen. We need you to function in the role that God has designed. It's important for us to know that God designed us specifically to function in certain ways. Now, if parts of our body don't function as they're intended to do, what do we call that? We call that a handicap. Right? So so if someone has... A body part that doesn't function like it should, we we call that a handicap. And if you're here and you have a handicap, there's nothing wrong with you. People live lives with handicaps, and there are handicaps that we have to overcome and we live with. But the body of Christ should not be handicapped. We should not, because of an attitude or a misunderstanding, present ourselves to a world that needs the hope of Jesus as a body that's handicapped that doesn't function as it's supposed to function, that fails to fill certain roles that the body plays in the life of people around us, it's important for us to know what our part is. I love how he ends in verse number 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Each one of you is a part of it. I want to ask this question as we kind of start to end our time together. What is your part in a body of Christ? What role do you play? What part do you play? Do you recognize? Now, it's not important for you to identify a physical body part, okay? Like, my goal isn't for you to leave and go home and say, oh, I finally realized I'm an ear. Like, I'm the hair. That's my part in the body. Or, like, I'm a toenail. Like, I'm not trying to get you to figure out which part of a physical body you play in the body of Christ. I'm asking you to figure out what role you play in our church. Like, why has God led you to our church? What role specifically do you play in our church to help us do what God's called us to do? We're united around a mission to make Christ known in the lives of people far from God. And there are many different parts that have to come together to make that happen. And I just want to ask a simple question. What part do you play? Do you know what part you play? If you don't know what part you play, will you let us help you figure out what part you play? The interesting thing about my job as a pastor is that I lead people who are diverse. And I try to lead in such a way that they're united around things that matter most in the midst of their diversity. We have people with different backgrounds of church history. Some people in this room have been in church your whole lives. You've been in church longer than I've been alive easily. There are some of you in this room that are very new to the church. Just recently, did you ever even step foot in a church? And leading both of those types of people around a united mission can be challenging. There are people in the room who have different backgrounds. There are people in the room who have things that they're, they feel guilty and ashamed of all the time. And they have people in the room that are really proud of their background. And I'm trying to lead people into a mission To work together, to serve together, to know the rules. We have people in the room who have been Christians for a long time and following Jesus much longer than me. They know more about the Bible. They've memorized more scripture. They understand things of God probably more than I do easily. And then we have people in the room who are new Christians. Just last week, we had two people place their faith in Jesus. And they would be what Paul would consider in other accounts a babe in Christ, a baby in Christ. That just like our bodies started out as infants and we grew into adulthood, that Christians begin as babies and they grow into maturity. And so we have people at different maturity levels and different backgrounds and different histories, and we're all trying to work together, and it can be challenging. And in the midst of all that, I want to make sure that you understand that if you're a part of Synergy Church, if you're a part of the body of Christ, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, then there is a part for you to play. And it may not look like everyone else's part, and it may not feel like everyone else's part, but it's important. It's important. Now, I want to end with two kind of quick thoughts and kind of get your mind thinking today before we end our time together. And then next week, we're going to kind of build on this with some more specifics of what this looks like in our church, being united together. If we're the body of Christ, wouldn't you think it's important for us to be healthy? Wouldn't we want to be a healthy body? Do we recognize that in our world there are bodies that are not healthy? And there are bodies that are extremely healthy. If we have to choose between being unhealthy or healthy as a body, we would obviously, right, we would choose to be healthy. In fact, a lot of what Paul writes to churches, some are based on areas where they're not very healthy. They need to change some things. They need to tweak some things. They need to stop doing some things. They need to start doing some things. They need to understand some things better. And here in the topic of unity, he's teaching them that everyone has a part to play in the body of Christ. And everyone's important. And we need to make sure we honor the, the, the parts of the body that might seem less honorable. And We make sure that the parts of the body that... May seem like they're not important or indispensable, that we have a responsibility to one another to live together, to build one another up, to be unified in the midst of that. But to be healthy is really a pretty simple thing as far as our responsibility and our health, right? We talk about diet and we talk about exercise. If you have a really good diet and you have a good exercise routine or Program or whatever that looks like Then you'll typically be a pretty healthy individual And I think it's safe for us to say as a church That we need to have a good diet And we need to be exercising Because if we don't have a good diet or exercise Then we won't be healthy as a church So let me talk for a few moments about diet About what we intake as a church Prayer Bible reading are the basis of our diet. Now, when we come together on Sunday mornings and I open the Bible and, and I share God's Word with you, that's part of you taking in God's Word. It's part of your diet. But if that's the only part of your diet, and this is hard for people to understand, then you're still not going to be extremely healthy as part of the body. That if the only time that you are Eating is once a week when someone is feeding you, then you're not going to be extremely healthy. Prayer is talking to God. It's communicating with God. It's, it's, it's an opportunity for us to develop a relationship with Him. If the only time that you pray is on a Sunday morning when maybe I say, would you bow your heads and let's pray together, and that's the extent of your prayers, then your part in the body isn't going to be extremely healthy. This is challenging for me as a pastor, and I think most pastors would agree, is because we feel the pressure to feed the church. We feel the pressure to give you a good diet and make sure that you're eating well. The truth is, is that pastors are more like shepherds than they are feeders. In other words, it's our responsibility to lead people to a place where they can eat well, Okay? Shepherds would lead sheep to fields of green pastures, so that they could eat there. When the grass was dead, when the grass was gone, they would lead them to a new place where they could eat. Shepherds didn't sit down and get the sheep in the corner and get a bucket and feed them every day. They didn't do that. They didn't do it. They led them to a place where they could feed themselves. And so, just so you know, my heart as a pastor isn't to feed you every week; it's to lead you to a place where you can be fed. And I think that if we can all be led together to a place where we can eat, that that is extremely important in the health of our church, that we need to be taking in God's word. And we need to be taking in prayer time so that we can become healthy for God. But I can't be responsible completely for your time in God's word and your time in God's prayer. In fact, I need to be more responsible with my time in God's Word and my time in God's Prayer. Some people have this false notion that pastors, we just, all we ever do is read God's Word, and all we ever do is pray. We have no life outside of the Bible, and that's all we do. But if I'm confessing and being honest with you, I would say that it can be almost sometimes more difficult for me to have a good diet when it comes to reading God's Word and praying than it is for you because I feel this pressure when I am reading God's word to be able to find something that I can give you. And sometimes I'm guilty of saying, what can I give them? What can I give them? What can I give them? And I'm not finding what I need in God's word. So on top of me trying to say, God, what would you have me share with your people? It's important for me to step back and say, I've got to be spending time with God. I've got to have a good diet on my own, because it's a part that I play. And if I'm not healthy, then the body suffers. And I don't want the body to suffer, so I've got to be healthy. So I want to ask us as a church, just consider, what's our diet look like? Do we spend time in God's Word? Do we open God's Word? Do we spend time on our knees praying to God? You don't have to be on your knees. When you're driving, do you spend time praying? When you're alone, do you spend time praying? What's your diet look like? And understand that your diet impacts the body because we want every part to be healthy so the whole body is healthy. And so I would just challenge us as a church to make sure that outside of Sundays, that we're spending time reading God's word so that he can pour into us so that we can receive what we need from him and spend time praying so that together we can develop a relationship with Jesus. It will be important. But in addition to just taking things in, there's got to be exercise, right? We've got to do something. We've got to be active because if we're not active, if we don't do anything, the calories that we take in won't be burned off and we as a church won't become healthy. We'll begin gaining weight. And when I say gaining weight as a church, I believe that it's easy for churches to be so consumed with what they're consuming that they don't do anything with what they're taking in. And if all they do is keep taking in and keep taking in, then they just keep gaining weight and gaining weight. And before you know it, we won't be focused on what God's called us to do because all we'll be focused on is what we're receiving. And we'll be a church that, man, we love to share deep truths of God's word and we love to study the deep theological, philosophical philosophical things of God. And we can tell you like the Greek words and we can do all that kind of stuff, but we never reach anybody. We don't want to be that church. We want to do both. Okay, we want to do both. So we've got to exercise. And exercise at, at our church is something that we try to give people just opportunities to do. Again, we can't make people do things. Exercise as a Christian, as part of the body, isn't confined to Sunday mornings. But Sunday mornings are a great time for us to offer you opportunities to exercise. That's why we offer people an opportunity to serve on Sunday mornings. That we offer people an opportunity to participate And what our church is doing. Because we believe that that's healthy. We believe that that's an opportunity for us to take what we're receiving and be a blessing to others. But do you also know that this is something Jesus teaches us to do? That Jesus doesn't just say, you know, like, if you ever want to serve somebody, that would be a really good thing to do. But he actually commanded his disciples that they should serve like he served. Mark 10 45 said, even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. It doesn't mean that you have to show up at seven o'clock just to serve, but is there something that you can do to serve in our church that would cause us to all be focused on reaching people and creating environments that are more conducive to reaching people? participating in the mission. It's exercise. It's important. We'll talk more about this. Giving. We don't see that as a form of exercise, but giving is one of the greatest exercise regimens that we can participate in as a church. And I'm not just talking about time and talents. Those are important. But I'm also talking about finances. That when we give financially, it's us exercising our faith. It's us becoming fit in Jesus. It's us participating and being unified around a mission because we understand that what we've received can in turn be a blessing to others. We'll talk about more about that in the future. But when we give you an opportunity each week, we pass a giving bucket and give you an opportunity to give or you can give online. It's not because we just want to be able to pay the bills and be able to meet each week. It's an opportunity for us as a church to become more healthy. Let me just say this as a side note that's got not a lot to do with what we're doing right now, but just in case you didn't know, maybe you're new. Um, we meet in a gym. You can see that. You know that. That's not our goal. We don't always want to meet in the gym. And so we want to have our own facility one day. And just so you know, we've actually started a future facility fund where you can actually give money that we're setting aside to save up so that one day we'll be able to renovate a space or maybe we'll be able to build a space if we buy land, whatever that looks like. And if you give online, you can actually give to that. Now, keep in mind that we ask people to give to that above and beyond their tithes, which means that we bring our first 10% and give it to the Lord. That's our exercise. And then above that, if you ever feel less to give so that we could save up and get into our own facility one day so that we could have a greater opportunity to make an impact in this community. just want you to know that you've got that opportunity as well. We give, we serve, we invite. You've probably heard me say more than once, we'd love for you to invite somebody. We'd love for you to take advantage of opportunities to Find someone in your family uh, or in your sphere of influence, your workplace, your classroom, your team, whatever that looks like. There's someone in your life that God's put you in their life for a reason. And we simply want you to invite them to church. This is exercise. This is us using what God's given us to leverage our influence and our relationships with others and invite them to hear the gospel message of Jesus. This is evangelism. Sometimes we think that evangelism is simply telling people the truth of Jesus and asking them to respond to it, but this is a form of evangelism as well, is that when we invite someone to church, that's exercise. That's participating in the mission of God. We talk about worship. You know, we play music here on Sunday mornings, and um, I'm probably a little biased, but I think that we have some of the best music uh, anywhere in this area. I think that our music is leaps and bounds further ahead than where we should be in the history of our church is only 3 years old and God's blessed us with an incredible opportunity to sing relevant songs in relevant ways that are done with excellence that will connect with people but just so you know we don't sing songs to impress people we don't sing songs so that people will leave and say man that was incredible we sing songs so that you can worship. It's an opportunity to set your mind's attention and your heart's affection on Jesus and sing songs about the truths of what he's doing in your life and, and how much you love him. It's a chance to respond to him in a moment. And so when we sing songs, you might see some people from time to time maybe raise a hand or they'll clap or they're actually sing words with their lips. And this is a chance for us just to worship God. It's not the only way to worship. It's one way to worship. Everything we do should be worship to the Lord. But we give you that opportunity. You can serve. That's a form of exercise. You can give. It's a form of exercise. You can invite. It's a form of exercise. You can worship. It's a form of exercise. And you can also be intentional about connecting with other people. We have synergy groups that are, we're in the middle of a semester right now but having relationships with other people in the church is important for us to be healthy, right? If if the parts of the body never communicate, they never get to know one another, that's going to be an awkward body. It's going to be an awkward body, and we want to be a body that functions well and serves Jesus well. So it's important for us to develop those relationships, and groups are a great way to make that happen. So if we have a good diet which we own responsibility for. And we have good exercise, which we own responsibility for. And if the different parts of the body are owning those responsibilities and coming together so that we can accomplish God's mission, then we'll be a healthy body of Christ. Jesus is the heart. He makes everything come to life. I would say, and this is an analogy that would break down on some levels, but the Holy Spirit would be the brain that he would lead us, that he would guide us, that he would give us direction as the different parts of the body serve together. But we're one. You and I. We're connected. If you call Synergy Church home and if you call yourself a follower of Jesus. And over the next three weeks, what I want us to do is to understand the importance of being united. Scripture teaches us that a house divided cannot stand, but there's unity that brings potential for growth. And as a church, we have this dream. We have this dream of substantially changing this community with the gospel of Jesus. We don't just want to be another church that exists. We don't want to just finally get our own building and settle down and say we've arrived. We want everyone in this community to know the hope of Jesus Christ that we've experienced. And until that happens, our mission isn't over. We've always got a reason to be united. We're united around that mission. We have different parts. They play different roles, but they're part of the same body. It's the body Of Christ, We're the hands and the feet of Jesus to this community. That's what Jesus has called us to do as a church. And we're healthy by having a great diet, which includes God's word, which includes prayer. And we have great exercise, which includes serving, which includes giving, which includes inviting, which includes connecting, which is an opportunity for us to participate in the mission. And as we do those things and we get to know one another and become more unified and believe in what God's called us to do, then we'll transform this community. And we'll look back on days like this and we'll say, do you remember when we used to go in at seven o'clock in the morning we would set up all that stuff? And I think there's a part of me that'll miss it. It's a small part. (laughs) There's a part of me that'll miss it. Because there's nothing in my mind that I think unites us more than participating in what God's called us to do. And for over three years now, I've seen people sacrifice their energy, sacrifice their time, sacrifice their resources. I've seen people come together when it wasn't convenient, when it wasn't comfortable, when it cost them something, when they didn't really benefit much from it. And I've seen people come together and serve one another and with one another Offer a hope that our mission will advance and will accomplish more of what God's called us to accomplish. And my heart today is to simply say, What part do you play in the body? What's your role? And if you don't know what that is, we would love to help you find that role, figure out what it is that you can be doing to participate in God's mission, all while you're focused on letting us lead you to a place where you can become more healthy and you can eat and you can receive from God but at the same time you're giving back to him understanding that participating in God's mission is actually a sign of maturity in him and as we lead one another together i believe God's going to do some really cool things in us this next season of our church is going to be a phenomenal season of our church and the thing that we've got to focus on is being united. I want to end with this one statement that when we were, Lindsay and I were dreaming about this church before it was ever started, we sat down and we came up with some statements that just described the culture of the church that we wanted to create. And one of the statements in what we call the code, it's 12 statements, simply says we must protect this house. You've heard Under Armour, that's kind of their theme. And I think it applies to our church. That we must defend the unity of our church at all costs because a house divided cannot stand. And if we ever get to the place where we allow non essential components of our church to become essential components of the church in our mind, then we'll become divided. I heard a story just last week, and I'm not going to mention what the story is because it's a church near here and somebody might know, and that's not my goal. But churches are divided over ridiculously simple things that don't matter in the mission of the church. Whether it's a style, whether it's a color of paint that goes on a wall, or, you know, what a chair looks like. There are things that, if we're not careful, will allow us to become divided and not stay focused on what God's called us to stay focused on. And that for us is our mission to make Christ known in the lives of people far from God. You're part of that body, that local body of Christ, and you have a part to play in it. And I just want to implore you, I want to beg you to do your part, to understand that what you have to offer is essential. It's not a take it or leave it. It's not like if I don't do it, they're not going to miss me. It's like we need you to function in your role. There's parts of your body that I don't understand what they do, but I just figure maybe God put them there for a reason. And I know that some people have tonsils removed or other parts of their bodies removed and they still function, but you are not non-essential to this church. You're essential. And we need you to function in the role that God's called you to so that we can reach people for Christ. We are one body. We're many parts, but we're one body. And your one part is substantially important to our one body so that we can accomplish our one mission and see God do some incredible things. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for an opportunity to be united together. I know that we're all from different backgrounds. We all have different histories. But for whatever reason, we're all in the same room this morning. And I believe that that's not an accident. I believe that you've led us together, that we should do life together, that we should experience life together, that we should serve and worship and give, that we should invite all together with a common goal. And that's that people in this community would come to know you personally. And I just just ask that you would grant us A unity together that will make a difference. That our focus will always stay fixed on our mission. And we'll believe together for the impossible. I pray for every man, woman, student here today who may not know what their role is. They may not know what part they play. They may not have figured out what that looks like. And they may not be functioning in a role that maybe you've called them to. And I pray that as a church, we would help lead them to that place. That as they begin functioning in that role and offering what you've called them to do here at Synergy Church, that we'll see the effectiveness of our church grow and become more mature. I pray as people for the first time begin to serve that, Lord, they'll begin to experience the benefits of exercise in their faith and how it will grow them. I pray as people begin to give who haven't been giving that they'll begin to experience the benefits of exercising in their faith and how they'll begin to grow. I pray as people begin to invite other people to come to our church, that they'll begin to experience the benefits of exercise in their faith and they'll begin to grow. And I pray as people begin to worship and they maybe for the first time actually sing the words to a song and actually focus on what those songs mean in their heart, I pray as people begin to pray and read their Bibles that they'll begin to grow in you. And as we grow as individual parts, may our church grow and become more healthy and more effective and see you do incredible things, I pray most of all that you would make us one, that you would bind our hearts together, that you would infuse us with a common belief that you can do something special through us. And as we commit to the mission that you've called us to as a church, I just pray that you would receive glory through Synergy Church and that lives would be transformed for all eternity. And I give you thanks for that in advance. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen.